You're listening to The Healthy Sensitive. Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to The Healthy Sensitive. I'm Leah Burkhart, your hostess on the show, your fellow nerd, HSP, introvert, all the things. Um, I'm really excited about today's topic because it's near and dear to my heart. Um, The topic is on hustling. So I'm one of those weirdos that I, I feel like there's a I'm a little scared to say this out loud because I'm afraid someone will take it literally. Um, I call myself a little bit of a schizophrenic, but I swear I don't actually have a diagnosis. I promise. Anyway, so I'm one of those folks that on the one hand, I have uh, an impulse, a pull, a tug for rest, for um, deliberate inquiry, for uh, meditation, for, well, sleep. I like the slow pace of life. But at the same time, there's this other part of me that is kind of hungry, always wanting to learn more, do more, try more, uh, sort of be whatever my version of courageous is at that moment. You know, my mom put together something that was, it was very sweet. It was like a little, uh, I don't even know what you would call this, but let's just call it art, a kind of sculpture. And there was one wolf that was sleeping and another howling at the moon. And what she told me was that that's how she saw me. Um, One half of me was slumbering under a willow tree somewhere while another was howling at the moon, kind of hungry for things. And I don't know if this is true of all those who identify as highly sensitive, but it seems to be true of enough of them that I've worked with that this seemed like a really useful topic. Especially given that I live in America and I speak primarily with people who are in the Western sort of uh, philosophy, so from Canada and a lot of in Europe, um, certainly within the borders of the US. And I do think that we talk a lot about hustling. You know, if you want to get ahead, you're going to work hard. If you work hard, you'll, if you work hard, you will be successful. And if you're successful, you'll be happy, which by the way, is kind of a myth. Uh, It's more like if you're happy, um, you'll probably be more productive and that increased productivity will lead to success. But either way you slice it, working hard and being willing to hustle gets you places. And it doesn't really seem to matter what area you're interested in in success in. So if you want to be a better, if you want to lose weight, if you want to learn a language, if you want to start a business, whatever it is that you're trying to improve upon the amount of work you put in makes a huge difference. So um, if you're familiar with the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, he talks about this. You know, we see these outliers, these tremendously successful people, and we assume that they're just super talented or they had special opportunities or something to that effect. And those might also be true, but what they all had in common more than anything else was that they all put in, I believe it was 10,000 hours of work, which it was something like, three hours a day over the course of 10 years. And that's what led to a level of mastery that was correlated with being an outlier. So there's no matter what it is you want to improve in, hustling will get you places, just the willingness to do the work. But here's my beef with the word hustle. (laughs) Um, I, the, the examples that we're given 
seem a bit unsustainable, particularly for highly sensitive people. You know, I don't know that it's necessarily true that if you're willing to work 12 hours a day for 10 years, that you're going to get better results than if you're working for three. It might be true for someone, and it might depend on the thing that you're trying to improve in or build. I, I don't honestly know. But from what I've been able to gather, it's more about working smart, not just working hard. So I don't want to be like, oh, work smart, not hard, because it doesn't really matter. No, working hard is, is helpful, but doing it in a way that's deliberate and conscious, as opposed to doing it in a way that starts looking like a hamster running very, very quickly on a treadmill or on a hamster wheel. So that's the topic of today. Um, just to give you an outline of what we'll be covering, I want to talk a bit about what the assets are that highly sensitive people bring to the workforce. And I know I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, but it's still worth bringing up. Um, the challenges that they have in the workplace, um, highly sensitive as multi-potentialites. Again, some of these topics I've already covered. If you get bored, just, you know, glaze your eyes over for a minute. Um, highly sensitive as being creative. Why highly sensitive people make good entrepreneurs. Um, why they might even make good salesmen. Um, how to get started if you want to create something that is uniquely your own, what it means to hustle, and in particular, what it means to hustle as an HSP. So first, assets. As I've mentioned multiple, multiple times, like the assets that highly sensitive people bring to the table include depth of processing. You know, they, they think about things and they think about them deeply. We pay attention to the details. Uh, we tend to be a conscientious group. We have high standards and we adhere to those standards. We tend to be pretty easy to get along with. There's a tendency toward, I'll say, toward harmony. Um, we connect and empathize with others pretty easily. And as a rule, we're good listeners. Now that's not totally true. Uh, I'm sure there are some HSPs who are atrocious listeners. Uh, for the most part, 70% of HSPs are introverted. And also I would say most introverts tend to be exceptionally good listeners because well, they don't necessarily want to hear themselves talk uh, and they have to think a bit more before putting their words out into the world than most extroverts. So, you know, there's a shadow side to any trait. So uh, you can have, well, let's get into that since I'm talking about shadow side. So the challenges of highly sensitive people, um, the, the work world really encourages multitasking. And of course, in our little brains, we're just like, what? <laughs> How is that helpful? A funny story, it isn't at all. Um, no one actually multitasks ever. Some people who look like they're multitasking are simply going back and forth between multiple tasks extremely quickly. And the research shows that that is counterproductive. It's actually much more productive to focus on a thing at a time and then finish the thing and then move on. So um, highly sensitive people are likely to get over aroused. So that depth of processing that sounded so sexy a minute ago, it can mean that they get overwhelmed. <laughs> so not so sexy then. Um, they need a lot of time to reflect and plan. There's that depth of processing again. They have a desire for harmony, which while leads, while it does lead to potentially uh, more comfortable, sweet-tempered and soft communication amongst coworkers, which most people like, it also can lead to some inefficient communication and maybe even ineffective communication because we're spending so much time trying to make sure there's no conflict that we don't get the job that needs to be finished complete. We're so busy trying to defend harmony that we forget to advocate for ourselves. 
So that can be a shadow side to HSPs. Um, creativity is great, but not always reliable. So we're not always creative on command. Dang it. Uh, empathy is lovely, but it can also become a distraction. If you're so worried about your coworkers' problems that they told you at lunch that you can't focus on the task at hand, that can be a problem. And then finally, there's perfectionism. You know, that adhering to high standards thing can be great until it's the gremlin always keeping you from moving forward because it demands that you correct the thing you just did. So those are our benefits and our, I guess our assets and our liabilities is a better way of phrasing it. I use the word multi-potentialite. What's that about? One might ask. Um, I, I mentioned it earlier. So I use this word, there's, this was a phrase coined by Emily Wapnick. She wrote the book called How to Be Everything. She makes the case that there are people out there who, when asked as a child, what do you want to be when you grow up, probably were torn because they wanted to be a mathematician meets teacher meets violinist. And if you think that's crazy, um, that was Einstein. Uh, there might be people who want to be lawyers and who also want to be dancers. Like there are people who have multiple interests and they want to express those interests in their life, but they don't know if they can do it in one single job. So maybe they have two or three and each of them are part-time. Or maybe they have a job that gives them the stability they crave, but they have a side hustle <clears throat> like me. Um, so if someone has multiple interests, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are ipso facto an HSP. But I find it interesting that many highly sensitive people do seem to fall into this category. So if you're interested, definitely recommend you read her book, Emily Wapnick, How to Be Everything. And if not that, then take a look at her TED Talk because it was very, um, it was really engaging. Highly sensitive people do often identify with this trait. And so given that that's the case, it seems worth bringing forth our creativity in order to create a life uh -huh. that allows for us to express ourselves in all of our different facets. Um, Elaine Aaron, by the way, you know, speaking creativity, she describes HSP as being inherently, almost by definition, creative because the way our brains work, i.e. that depth of processing, that uh, ability to integrate a lot of information and the ability to make connections with a lot of uh, things that might seemingly not be connected, that is inherently creative and often it's our ability to integrate those things together and then create something new to represent what we've just pieced together that other people will see as beautiful whether that beauty is reflected in a book or in poetry or in a sculpture or maybe just in an idea potentially even a scientific revelation so these individuals hsps can think holistically being creative is almost a kind of form of self-care for hsp so all of this, in my mind, helps contribute to the very real possibility that highly sensitive people tend to make very good entrepreneurs, or at least they could. So I'm not saying that they would necessarily be successful, but that the traits they carry within them lend themselves well on the whole to entrepreneurship. They work hard. That's that conscientious trait. They're willing to work all day long. I don't know a single HSP who's also lazy. I know they've got to exist. I'm sure there's someone out there who's just, you know, fanning themselves in their parents' home going, life is so hard. Why is life so hard? I'm sure that person is out there. They're just not really hanging out with me, 
because I don't think most of those folks look for health coaches or life coaches. So, I mean, there might be kind of a selection bias happening. That's totally not like a possibility. For the most part though, those that I've come across, they tend to work hard, but want flexibility with regard to when they can work. So they want to know that they can get up at six and work a few hours and then take a nap and then get up, work a few hours and then do something else and then go for a walk. Uh, highly sensitive people are, they, they do particularly well when they can have some uh, flexibility in their schedule. They're adaptable. Highly sensitive people definitely can adapt. That's one of their perks. It's just kind of a downfall if they are so good at adapting that they forget how to self-advocate. That being said though, um, they connect easily with people and therefore with potential clients or consumers. And they like the idea of creating something that is uniquely their own. They love that idea, that idea of bringing forth something new, of giving birth to, rather, something that wasn't here before. So for these reasons, at the very least, highly sensitive people tend to be drawn to entrepreneurship. Could they be any good, though? I mean, good salesmen? Really? I put that in the outline. Are you sure? Yes, exclamation point. Um, they can be. So I'm not saying to y'all that I am. <laughs> I'm, I am a HSP, but I don't know if I'm a good salesman. But highly sensitive people as a rule tend to be pretty good listeners. They pay attention to what a potential buyer would actually care about. Um, they ask insightful questions, so they tend to be curious. Um, they're able to extract information from people and connect them with the right product or resource. And they connect with the buyer rather than simply manipulate the buyer. Although I'm sure there are plenty of people, HSP and non-HSP alike, who manipulate as well as, you know, like in the shadow form of it. I, I'm sure that happens. But as a rule, those that I've stumbled across tend to try and like move away from that if for no other reason than because HSPs tend to be particularly... Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, I'll just say they really hate being manipulated themselves, so they don't tend to do it to others. All right, so getting started. Let's say that you're looking, you're listening to all this information and you're just like, yeah, you know, this really resonates with me. I do think I would love to be an entrepreneur. I do think that I, I would want to create something that's my own. I do want a life that allows me the flexibility and you know, to be myself and to be a multi-potentialite, kind of bring all of my goods to the table. How the hell do I get that started though? Well, some questions that you might want to bring into the fold. Um, what is something you would want to do for the rest of your life? And by that, I mean, not even want to retire from. Is there anything that comes up for you? This is not to say, by the way, that whatever you answer today has to be the thing you do until you die. Um, I think it's, the average person goes through like 10 career changes, something absurd like that. But it's just, it's a thought experiment. What is something that excites you enough that you can imagine wanting to do it for potentially the rest of your life? Um, what would be something interesting enough that even bad days would seem meaningful? In other words, as uh, Elizabeth Gilbert puts it, what is your favorite flavor of bullshit sandwich? Um, who are you aiming to serve? What is your why? Like, what's your mission? What's something that you want to go out there and improve in the world? Um, how can you add value? Instead of just thinking about how can you make money while sitting in your pajama pants at home, in what way do you think your new idea, thought experiment, whatever, how would it add value to the world? 
And who are the ideal kinds of people you would want to work with? You know, create an avatar. What kind of people would you want to be having conversations with on a daily basis? What do you think those conversations would be about? These are the kinds of questions you want to ask. And I got to tell you, when I first started, I think I went to a workshop on building your own practice. And the instructor said, I want you to figure out, you know, envision your favorite kind of client and do this. And what is your mission? And what? And I'm sitting here being like, dang, lady, like, tell me how to start a business. Like, I know how to, I know how to do the woo-woo stuff. I want you to tell me how to find software programs and how to, you know, send out newsletters. I thought you were going to give me the nitty gritty. But you know something? It turned out these were the questions that were more important because the software programs keep changing. The modality that we use to deliver information, it just keeps changing all the time. Only a few years ago, the best way anyone could communicate was through a blog. Now, then it was podcasting and I do a podcast and I love it, but now it's videos and it's online courses and pretty soon that's going to be way over and we're going to be doing something entirely different. That stuff changes all the time, but the mission, and in my case, my mission is to help fellow highly sensitive people develop their best selves, like really be able to marry their internal desire to be courageous, go out and try something new and be bold alongside their, their hunger for serenity, harmony, um, ease. So these are the kinds of questions you want to ask because these are the things that are eternal. The how it changes all the time, at least in terms of, you know, what different tools you use, but your why that's sort of the core of what it is you're trying to do. So the hustle, (laughs) If you want to hustle like a professional, you're going to fall in love with the process, not the outcome. I love talking about this stuff. I love talking about personal development. I love talking about, um, you know, building businesses or, or building a practice. I love talking about books that I've read or tea that I drink. I mean, this is my jam. <laughs> I just love how my brain went from tea to jam. Anyway, like, and I, whether or not anyone follows my podcast, I'm going to still keep loving it. And that's the beauty of this thing. I'm willing to put in hours and hours of work because this is my love. And whatever happens is sort of doesn't have a whole lot to do with me. It's like the writer who writes whether or not he or she gets published. It's like, but I have to write. I'm called to write. That's my thing. If you're going to hustle, make it something that doesn't feel like a hardship. Make it feel like you're playing a board game, like you're gamify it. Fall in love with the process. Uh, if you want to do it well, you also want to time map your time. So this was an exercise that a business uh, consultant that I spoke to recommended. You know, she said, put all of the things that are valuable to you on a time map, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, put it on a calendar from when you wake up, what's the first thing you do? Then what? And then after that, and then what about after that? And I started to realize how many pockets of time were just getting wasted. This is kind of going back to when people say, oh, well, if you want to be successful, stop watching TV. No, but really though, I mean, if you watch even two hours of TV, which I know you're laughing at me because you're like, I don't watch TV. Um, just so you know, Netflix counts. And if you watch even two episodes of a thing on Netflix, that's generally about two hours of time. Imagine what you could do with two hours every day committed towards something that's important to you. 
I, I guarantee you it wouldn't be Netflix. I'm not saying Netflix is bad, by the way. I watch it, obviously. I love to see my cotton candy television. You know, it's all good. <laughs> but it's, I'm merely saying that it can be really useful to put a time map in place so that you can see where is it that your time is going. Next, create a system that is sustainable. This is where a lot of highly sensitive people fall through the cracks. Um, they fall in love with the process. They're willing to work their butts off. They're creative, they're excited, but they blow all of their creativity out in a six hour session on a Saturday afternoon. And then they're exhausted for a week. And then they wanna do the same thing the following Saturday, but they have plans with friends and they wanna connect. And so they think maybe Sunday, but well, Sunday, you're so tired from having spent time with your friends. And Monday, you've got to go back to work. Ah, that doesn't work so well. Well, you want, that's not sustainable. And you can't imagine that you're going to spend six hours a day, every day of your life on this thing. Not unless you're independently wealthy. And if you are, good for you. I'm not. I have to work. And I like that I work. But I mean, come on, folks. So to give you an example, I spend about two to three hours a day on my little side hustle. And uh, about half of that is on the marketing part of it and about half of that is on the work itself. And I love it, it's all good. Um, but two to three hours is sustainable for me. So even when I'm really tired and I don't have a lot of like that go-getter energy, well, I'll spend more of it on planning and writing and blogging. And when I've got some energy, like today, I'm podcasting and I'm, you know, filming uh, sequences for my online courses and that sort of thing. So whatever it looks like for you, you want to make it sustainable. Uh, next, have self-awareness about what your energy looks like. Create a system that works with your energy flow. You know, uh, it's interesting. It, you may or may not be familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk. I use him a lot, or I refer to him quite a bit. And it's primarily because he is so not an HSP. It is oh so very clear. He's interesting. He's wicked smart. He's uh, definitely a hustler. Like he, I think he said he would happily work all day, every day, if he could. Um, I think he sleeps something like four to six hours a night. I don't know if he sleeps more now. And but it's just, he, he loves the hustle, loves the hustle. And so he was asked the question in an interview at one point, if you had to choose between, you know, in terms of things that are important to have to build a business or build whatever it is you're trying to build, um, self-awareness was one he mentions a lot. And another is hustle. You got to hustle. And he was asked, okay, well, if you had to pick only one of those two, which one would you say is more important? And he said, absolutely. It's self-awareness. And I know that hustle is sexier. Again, this is still him talking. He's like, it's way sexier to say the hustle. And I'm sure everybody wanted me to say the hustle because, you know, it's me. <laughs> um, but the reality is, no, it, if you're going to be successful in this life, you got to have self-awareness. What are your limitations? You know, what is really important to you? What are your values? And how can you make your life look like those values? And one thing I really appreciate about Gary Vee is that he doesn't, I mean, he, he gives information to people and he does say, hey, go out there, go work hard, stop complaining. Um, but he also, his caveat to that is if you're happy in your life, if you go out, you go to a job that you think is fine, you come home and you love eating dinner at seven o'clock and you love spending time watching a movie with your family and you go to bed and you feel satisfied. Well, then congratulations. Congratulations. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Like you won that good for you. Like, there's nothing wrong with any of that. 
his advice that he gives about hustling and, you know, the jab, jab, right hook, you know, give, 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 and then ask. Um, all of that is about, it's meant for those who are hungry, who want to do or create something more. You know, his advice for those folks is like, hey, you got to work hard. You got to be willing to do it consistently. You got to be willing to show up every single day. You know, there's none of this, oh, but I don't feel like it today. You do the thing. Even with all of his talk about the hustle, though, again, you got to have self-awareness first. Be clear about what you want in your life. Don't lie to yourself because if you're lying to yourself, anyone that you're trying to sell your ideas to will feel it. They'll know it. it they can smell inauthenticity, even if they don't know what exactly what it is they're smelling. It's like candy coated crap. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of Febreze ish, but you didn't get rid of the poop. <laughs> so, Matt, by the way, is mine, not Gary V. Gary V tends to be more eloquent, just FYI. Um, next up, uh, make sure your schedule mirrors your values. So, that kind of goes back from what Gary V was saying and what I'm going to echo. If you really value your relationships, don't say that and then spend zero hours with your friends and family. You know, when you're doing your time map, include that in your schedule. And I know that might sound a little clinical, like, oh yeah, I'll have to schedule my time with my people. Yes, that's called being an adult. Get over it. Sorry, folks, but when people are like, oh, I want it to be spontaneous. Okay, well, it probably won't happen because we're busy. <laughs> like, we're busy people. So it is important to schedule your people in your life because what that says to them is, I value you enough to make the time for you. You're not just someone who's going to be, you know, squeezed in between the other blocks of my time that are scheduled. No, you're part of me. And so I'm going to um, prioritize you. Uh, finally, work smart and not hard. So you notice that I did mention that earlier. Uh, I don't mean stop working hard, but rather work smart and hard. You know, be deliberate about when you work and how much time you devote to it each day. You know, when you know you're most efficient and most effective, make those the times when you're sitting down to do the thing. You know, basically what I'm saying in all of this is walk your talk. If you're a highly sensitive person and you're trying to go, like in my case, I'm trying to go out there into the world and I, my mission is to help other people who might be struggling with anxiety, potentially even depression, and they, they're creative and they have these brilliant ideas and they have these desires and wishes and dreams, but they also just really want to get some sleep at night and they can't figure out why they can't calm their system down and they're struggling. And I want to help the, these folks. I, I think it's a really crappy thing to do to go out into the world and say, hey, I'm also a, a highly sensitive person. I identify as being kind of introverted. And I've found a way to live a life that makes me happy. And I want to help you do the same. Oh, but by the way, I actually secretly work 15 hours a day, only get five hours of sleep. I mean, I'm surviving off of, you know, coffee and uh, donuts. That's, I mean, that's just crappy, right? If I'm going to go out there and pretend to be helping other people, I better be willing to walk my own talk. If you want to go out and help people do whatever it is that you're trying to help them achieve or do or be, make sure you are an exemplar. Like make sure you're out there and you're a representative of that, which you're trying to sell to other people. Like if you're going to go out and sell Victoria's Secrets bras, you might want to have a few in your closet. If you're going to go out and try and sell Starbucks coffee, maybe, I don't know, drink the stuff. Like you want to enjoy the thing you're selling because those are the best salespeople, whether you're selling a product or an idea. 
you want to subscribe to that which you're trying to deliver out to the world. Because if you don't, well, then you're just that schmuck of a manipulative person. All kinds of derogatory terms are coming in my brain right now, so I'm just going to stop. But basically, folks, walk your talk. Be authentic. Have some integrity. So hustle like an HSP. How does one do that more specifically? Like I'm using a lot of vague terms, but how might I break this down into some numbers? Because some people like numbers. Well, you want to find a way to devote about four to five hours on the actual work that you want to do. So if you're trying to build, you want to be an entrepreneur or you just want to build a practice. Maybe you're not trying to be an entrepreneur, but maybe you're trying to get back into dancing or you want to learn a language, you know, things of that nature. Find a way to devote four to five hours on the actual work you want to do every week. Sorry, not every day. I mean, if you want to do four to five a day, good for you, but at least four to five a week. And if you are interested in entrepreneur, I have the hiccups, excuse me. If you are interested in entrepreneurship, you also want to devote another four to five hours to things like marketing or maybe just connection. Um, And then find an additional one to three hours of time for miscellaneous stuff, keeping yourself organized, paying your bills, that sort of thing. And then when you plug it into your schedule, be realistic. Plug in time to rest and recharge. Plug in time for a spiritual practice. Plug in your time for, you know, building and and designing a healthy meal plan. Uh, Build in time for your relationships. Build in time for exercise. Build in time for sleep. Make your schedule look like you. It's, I mean, I, I can't tell you how long that took me because I was super resistant to it. I like to go with the flow, baby. Um, and that's all well and good, but it just didn't end up being really helpful in the long run. I needed to have a little bit more structure. And even though my schedule, I might change it up a bit. It, it, I've seen it be tremendously valuable, valuable um, when I'm trying to do the hustle, when I'm organized, when I've got my time structured. I might change things around, but at least I have sort of an idea of how much time I want to devote to each thing. So as an FYI, by the way, so uh, I've, I have I keep talking about my online classes. They really are happening. Um, I've got the videos kind of going. I've got everything situated. Uh, my first class is going to be called the How to Be a Highly Sensitive Superhero. Um, and it's part one in a series. And the first uh, sequence is going to talk about laying down the foundation. So that includes, you know, like ultimately when I, I want to help people uh, who are highly sensitives is, you know, like I want to help them with building more robust health. And then from there kind of figuring out, great, so what's your mission? Like what kind of work do you want to do? Um, I want to help them to develop really healthy, supportive relationships. And then finally, how to do all of that and and develop a healthy relationship with money. Because, well, uh, as much as we might like to avoid that topic of conversation, I personally have found it to be tremendously helpful to be able to afford the fancy food that I claim is good for you and therefore eat. <laughs> so anyway, um, phase one is the foundations piece. It's putting together a self-care practice that you keep sustained for a period of time. And then once that's in place, we move into the next realm, which is things like, you know, creating work uh, that looks like you, whether that means changing jobs or, you know, creating a new one. And then again, relationships. And then finally, um, improving your financial health. Those are going to be rolling out here pretty soon. Um, I'm also laying down the foundation for an online community. If you're interested in joining, um, please stay tuned to all of these as I get closer to launch. Uh, I'm, I'm putting it all together and I keep thinking I'm getting so close. And then as soon as I've stumped, like I, as soon as I'm about to launch, some other piece comes up and 
you know, this just took so much more uh, bandwidth than I realized. And it's been phenomenally fun, but also uh, my apologies. It just takes a while. So um, in the meantime, you can follow my blog at www.thehealthysensitive.com. Um, you can reach out to me at any time if you want support as an HSP, whether that's a more formalized kind of support, if you want ongoing support, like through uh, via coaching, I'm certainly more than happy to do that. Uh, but if you just want to start off by sending a message to me like, hey, I've got a question and I just wanted to reach out to you, please don't hesitate. You can go to my website, www.thehealthysensitive.com and just click on the contact me button. It does go through to my email. So I'm, you know, that I'm always happy to hear from you. And outside of that, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, capital T-H-A-N-K space Y-O-U um, for your support and uh, for just hanging out with me and listening. This is my passion project. My uh, this, this is where I get to play. So if this, is, if this adds value in any way to your life, that just um, makes my soul smile. I hope you have a fabulous week. And as I said, please contact me if you have questions. And if I don't hear from you, stay tuned. I'll check back in next week. Bye.